I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hope you're having a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. We said a few weeks back that even though you can't take anything for granted, the Rams had a prime opportunity to get to 7-1 and before welcoming... The Tennessee Titans in prime time. We'll fast forward to Halloween weekend, DeMarco, and here we are. It hasn't always been pretty. They had to scratch and claw their way through Detroit. But nonetheless, record-wise, they've gotten to where they had hoped to go. You know, I thought Detroit was, um, how do I say this, uh, a character-building experience. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know I'm a boxing fan, right? That's that's like a boxer that obviously slips three times and it's ruled a knockdown, and now you got to fight your way back to victory same thing with the Rams I mean think about this Matthew Stafford took the field what he was down 10 points his first possession was seven minutes of the first quarter his second possession came in the second quarter and yet their first three drives rack up 17 and you're feeling pretty good about where you stand that's being put in a bad situation and overcoming it now you pay a physical price for that but I thought that win versus Detroit was it may not be pretty stylistically but it was beautiful the way they overcame all that nonsense It came at a price, though, and we'll talk about the Rams being pretty banged up for the first time this season, how they'll handle that with three games to go before the bye, beginning with this trip to Houston. First of all, how's your week been since Detroit? Haven't seen you much since Monday night? Uh, To be honest, um, between you and I and everyone else listening, I'm so happy we're beyond that Jared Goff revenge game stuff. I think that weighed pretty heavily. Yeah, It fired Detroit up. It It really did. did. I mean, that, that tells me they're invested in him. Which is good. We like Jared, but they were feisty for a winless team. They were feisty. Like they were coming for a win. Yeah. Now getting on the other side of it, that Lions roster looks better than this one. The Rams are about to face. Uh, definitely, I think Detroit is close. I think Detroit has a chance to turn this thing around, and I think they will. Um, Houston, I'm not sure what the heck they're doing. I mean, that's they're at a crossroads. It's worse than a fire sale. Yeah, they are at once in rebuilding mode as. We were reminded again just yesterday with the Mark Ingram trade, giving away your top rusher. But at the same time, maybe bringing veteran Tyrod Taylor back into the fold. He's practicing again, coming off a bad hamstring. So are you going back to a known commodity at quarterback to try and win this game or give yourself a better chance to win this game rather than evaluate Davis Mills, whom you drafted? I don't think you have a choice but to bring Tyrod Taylor back as soon as possible. David Mills obviously is not the answer this year. I think he has a chance to get better, but... You just read what's going on around that building. Brandon Cooks is one of our favorite people. You know this. They even got him to pop off and curse on Twitter. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's going on. So, well, I think that speaks yeah. to the conflicting message, right? Like yeah. he's there. He doesn't trying know if, to win. He doesn't know if he's getting dealt. But right. yeah, he's he's saying, are we going to try and dig out of the worst division in football and and make something of this, or are we throwing in the talent tanking? And he clearly didn't get the tanking message yet. Right. It's weird. But the front office seems to be moving in a different direction. See, and that's their problem. I could care less about that, but and I'm glad you're you're I'm glad you're facing Houston right after Detroit. I'm glad you don't have to wait for this or have this sandwich between some some tough opponents. So you can go ahead and take care of these two opponents, you know, in, in the in the next two weeks. But they're a mess. But it's all about what the Rams do anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have to be letter perfect. You have to treat 
Houston as if they were San Francisco, as if they were Green Bay and Baltimore, and go out there and absolutely play your best game. Uh, the last thing you want to do is get into two street fights with bad teams in two weeks mm-hmm. because they're punishing. That's all they are. They're, they're punishing, and they, they take a physical toll on you. Yeah, and it's not too long since we've been back from the Meadowlands, and aside from a slow start offensively, the Rams did that. I mean, they, they took an undermanned opponent and put them where they belonged. Right. And it felt pretty good to play three quarters, get some guys some reps, get on the plane, come home um, with a winning streak. And I think that's very much where the Rams could be at the end of October if they handle their business. Now, they're going to have to do that potentially with some starters being replaced. We already know about this being week three of Darius Williams' stint on injured reserve at corner. Um, There are some concerning bumps and bruises along the defensive front with Sebastian Joseph Day, Terrell Lewis on the offensive side with the ageless Andrew Whitworth. But the Rams have replacement options, known replacement options at a lot of those positions. And if they have to be pressed into action this week, I think that's okay. With you, I I think Joseph Noteboom at left tackle does not scare me this week. I think this is fine. I mean, this is not the J.J. Watt at his and his prime Houston Texans. This is a little bit different now. It's a Lovey Smith defense. He likes to get after you with floor, uh, play cover two behind it, so they can put pressure on the quarterback. But I think Matthew Stafford, by virtue of how he plays and Sean McVay, how he calls a game, you can protect yourself against a front four like this. Look, I never want to see Andrew Whitworth out of uniform, ever. It's going to happen sooner or later, whether it's this weekend because of injury or next year because of retirement. But there is there is a thought of, okay, let's get another eval of Joe Nopum because he's not under contract beyond this year. And if he is the heir apparent at left tackle, this might be the type of game where some fresh material would be helpful. I mean, he got a nice stretch of games last year after Andrew Whitworth was hurt at home against the Seahawks. But that was before you kind of got to this contract year for Noteboom and before Andrew Whitworth made it sound like this is his last hurrah. Well, hey, man, make a case. Go out there and play your butt off. Uh, Make it a left tackle controversy going down the stretch. That's champagne problems. That's exactly what you want. Now, Andrew Whitworth is a left tackle. I'll say that in this tone of voice. But go out there if you're Joseph Noteboom and say, this is my job for the rest of the year. Audition. Audition for your team and 31 others. Go out there and put your best foot forward, man. And look, you're pressed in the duty. You have to do it for the rest of the guys in the locker room that you're playing with now. But this is also a business. This is your job. And you're coming up. What do you call that in in the corporate world when you have to meet with your boss about how you're doing? Uh, Performance evaluation? Uh, This is a performance evaluation for Joseph Noteboom. You know, iron your tie, shine your shoes, and go out there and play your butt off. Let me flip to the other side of the offensive line. Uh, If you haven't seen DeMarco's all-22s, they're pretty sweet this week in particular. Nice job with those. The Ramsey pick, the Donald Rush was one, and then the Cooper Cup red zone touchdown followed by the Robert Woods two-point. And and, and where I landed there was on that right edge where Rob Havenstein, who Sean McVay told us this week is – playing as well as any right tackle in the game right isn't that the summation of his thought yes that's what he said yeah uh, I know how stunned you were that he got out and he hooked that edge defender to lead Robert Woods into the end zone untouched on the two point. You you can't. That's why they put you that wide. The, the tackles can't hook you from there, and that must have been a tough day, a tough Monday for him to watch that on film. Really, like to get hooked from that spot is embarrassing. Really, you should just give your pads to your defensive coordinator and walk out of the room. But it's great for Havenstein that they trust him that he can do that. That's huge on that play. That two point was huge. That's that that took the lead out to six. That said, a touchdown is the only thing that can beat us. That's the best possible outcomes, and 
That play does not happen without that block, that Mm. impossible block that he pulled off. Coming up on this edition of Rams All Access, we'll flip sides and talk about the defense. Like On the one hand, they've held three straight opponents to sub-20 points. Uh, In terms of defensive efficiency, they're actually top four in the league. But there's a sentiment that they're still underachieving, that they're too leaky in certain downs and distances, and that the uh, the yards are accumulating, and with that comes a high snap total, um, some injuries, time of possession that puts your offense in a bit of a corner. Um, but speaking of injuries, I have a couple to disclose to you, DeMarco, before we go to Houston go here. And I tell you what, I'm aging faster than I think I realized <laughs> midseason. I have two absolutely embarrassing things to disclose that leave me as questionable going into week eight. First of all i sneezed and threw out my back <laughs> have you ever done that yes after 40 yes you're it just happens. you're not like you didn't know this sneeze was coming you're not in position to weather it and it just sneaks up on you and next thing you know i'm bent over like <laughs> someone twice my age and then last night i'm making i'm making nachos for the kids right yeah and I pull them out of the, the toaster oven, and I'm kind of trying to scrape the pan, and there's one down there that I want to get my hands on. The kids have been fed. This one's for me. Yeah, yeah. And I somehow got a corner of a blue corn tortilla chip underneath my fingernail. Oh. And I don't know where this is heading. This could go really poorly for me. It's still in there? I, I think I got it out, but it was a oh. painful endeavor to remove it shy of surgery. And if it's not all there, I'm worried that it's going to be infected. The stuff we go too through. much longer. The stuff we go through for our kids. So sleep injuries, I know, happen. Yes. That's not foreign to you. Um, but sneezing and cooking injuries are the latest installment I, of I'm getting right old there. with JB Long and Demarco Farr. The great Michael Irvin. Uh, the last time I saw him in Seattle, he said, "D, I have pain, and I don't know why. I just get up, and things hurt, and I didn't do anything." You know, he's fifty-seven, so it happens. Welcome. <laughs> well, you retire from football and you think a lot of these things are going to be alleviated, right? No. And no one tells you that parenting is maybe just as perilous. It's worse. Yes, yes. <laughs> playing defensive line in the league. I can lay down, but for my daughter, I have to keep going. Yes, it's bad. Still to come on Rams All Access, we'll hear from Sean McVay. His evaluation of Raheem Morris's defense as we approach the midway point of the season. Uh, plus, Double D, Dante Dion will get a third consecutive start. We had a nice conversation with one of the most colorful, illuminating, encouraging people on the entire Rams roster. We think you'll enjoy it as we examine the secondary, now dealing with another injury to Robert Rochelle as they prepare for Brandon Cooks and the Houston Texans in Week 8. DeMarco Farr, JB Long with you tonight on 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Rams All Access. To Marco Far, JB Long, D. Far. You know what's frustrating about the six and one start for the Rams so far? What? You're six and one. What's frustrating? You're in second place. You've got no separation. And if the postseason started this weekend, you'd be a five seed going on the road to play a wild card game. That's okay, hardly that rewarding. That stinks. But you're in it. You're in the dance. No, I know. Yeah. And and with a 17 game schedule, I think now more than ever, you feel what a long haul this is. But going to play your eighth game normally, your mind is trained to kind of get to the midway point you're almost there this is the midway point of your season under a 16 game slate not so much anymore 
and not in the context of the current NFC because there's five teams league-wide with one loss or zero loss, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, five with one loss or zero losses after week seven, they're all NFC teams. Cardinals, Bucks, Packers, Cowboys, and Rams. Well, you beat the Bucks. That's good. Yep. Uh, the Cardinals, I'm still surprised by. I mean, mildly surprised. Uh, we knew they were going to be talented. We knew Kyler Murray is going to be special, but they are playing inspired football. So I'm surprised. I want to see how long they can keep this up. We'll see what uh, the loss of J.J. Watt to a potential season-ending shoulder injury means That's huge. Uh, at the end of this show when we take our lap around the division. But let's dig into this Rams defense on a couple of topics. One, is this bend-but-don't-break, takeaway-driven approach sustainable over the long haul? Or is it a little bit smoke and mirrors? And then... Secondly, what about this Kenny Young trade and what it means for the Rams in terms of their personnel, in terms of you know how their locker room is feeling about what they're playing for when they're cutting or cutting salary basically in the middle of the season. Uh, but let's start with head coach Sean McVay, who gave us this answer on the Coach McVay Show Monday about what he makes of a defense that's held three straight teams under twenty points. Yeah, I like how tough they are. I like the way that they just continue to fight, make people snap it one more time. I think we've had a couple, really a handful of critical stops in the red area, whether it's turning the ball over, stopping somebody on fourth down. Um, I think we've got the ability to really play complete in both phases, both the run and the pass. Want to see us continue to put it together, but that's no different than offensively as well. And so um, I like how opportunistic we are, and I love the fact that some of our best players are shining their brightest at those most important moments, which is definitely was on display with with Aaron and Jalen the other night um, and so I think there's a lot of good things I think there's a lot of things that we can build upon but um, they're doing a great job your reaction to Marco Farr God he's got to be a head coach all the time I know what he wants to say is thank you Jalen and and thank you Aaron I'm the luckiest guy for not in the making world. us go get a game-winning touchdown drive or field goal drive just for having those guys and I mean really uh, how lucky is he to have guys like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald I mean Two of the best players in the league are also your hardest workers. But isn't that the point? When you have those two guys and you're coming off a year in which you see what it looks like when it's maximized, why are you still giving up so many yards and so many explosive plays? Well, it's easier to be Raheem Morris with these guys because you don't have to coach effort. They will. Yeah. If you don't run to the football, sprint to the ball, even if you're chasing a guy into the end zone at 1,000 miles an hour and they score, you're going to hear about it before you even get to Raheem Morris. So... Those are two great guys to have on your side. So this whole bend but don't break, I kind of subscribe to the the don't break part as more impressive. Now, you have to get better in the middle of the field. You have to be better versus running backs. I, I think Williams and Swift uh, combined had 200 yards, 200 of, of Detroit's yards. I mean, that's stuff you have to kind of sew up, especially like when you consider what you're going to face this week. But yeah, uh, bend but don't break, don't score, that's great. Uh, but you have to dot the I's and cross the T's. You have to play a little bit better than what you're doing on defense, but what you're doing keeping guys out of the end zone is exemplary. But you could make it a whole lot easier on yourself by getting off the field. And I, I'll play the apologist here with you. They got the punter on the field for Detroit plenty. Yeah. Right? They did. And... Yeah, that group kind of let them down and put them right back on the field. I get it. And Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and the rest of this defense, like so many others, are at their best when those 17 points on the first three drives that Stafford and company score put you in a position where now 
the opposing quarterback and offense coordinator are chasing points and are in more known passing situations and you can pin your ears back and play one dimensional football oh you helped them i mean you you, you gifted detroit a 10 point lead that's going to hurt anybody's defense now that 15 play drive um when they started making plays i could chalk that up to fatigue you've been out there all day it's tiring but not everything is the the punt team's fault. Not everything is the the kick return team for missing one. Some of that stuff is on you. You need to play blocks better, get off blocks, make tackles, and don't miss tackles. That's the thing that's starting to scare me, missing tackles mm-hmm. in the open field, especially from the linebacker position. All right, so then put, speaking of linebacker position, put yourself in the shoes of uh, any defensive player in that locker room. You're coming off that performance on Sunday, get to the facility Monday, they rock your world by saying that Kenny Young, who's been the three-down linebacker in the middle of your defense, is off to Denver in what is a salary cap slashing situation. You're in the middle of what you thought is a Super Bowl run, hopefully still will be, you know, there's a rookie, Ernest Jones, drafted to be the heir apparent, but is he ready yet? Well, you, we're going to find out. I mean, he's going to get the reps. He's here. I'm sure he's ready to play. They wouldn't have made this move unless he was ready to play. Really, this wouldn't even have come up if Ernest Jones was like, we're going to have to redshirt him just to get him up to speed. So I would bet he's ready to go, more so than we know. But just like with Micah Kaiser a couple of years ago, he was supposed to be your middle linebacker. You lost him in preseason. You have to adjust with it. So... With any player that you start the season with, there's no guarantee you're going to finish the year with that guy. So either via trade or he gets hurt or whatever, yep. you have to move on with the next man up. So, But you don't make a trade like this unless you know the guy behind him is at least going to be okay if you give him enough reps. With DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. This is Rams All Access Week 8 Edition. Is it a one-for-one swap, though? And what I mean by that is there are some other options with a very multiple back end where you could drop Taylor Rapp down into more of a supporting linebacker role as we've seen there's still Traven Howard on the roster who's a run and hit type of player like Kenny Young was I think this is a good week to experiment with it is what I'm saying and and I would like to see more than just one option though I don't think that's typically how it goes in this league because coming in next is Derrick Henry and a downhill Tennessee Titans physical offense. And then beyond that, San Francisco, a puzzle that you still haven't solved, especially in terms of their running game. Um, so now's the time. I, I think if there's a week to get 60 reps for Ernest Jones or whomever else you're considering a piece of that puzzle, do it now against Mills or Tyrod and a team that just shipped out their top running back. Oh, no doubt. And with Derrick Henry, I don't care if you've got Ray Lewis and Mike Singletary at middle linebacker. They're going to be in trouble trying to stop that guy. That's going to be tough. And San Francisco, uh, in the same respect, the same vein, is going to be tough to stop from running the football. But I would say this. When you start to go with that three-safety look that the Rams have used, and you bring Nick Scott in and you bring Taylor Rapp down into the box, okay, if you're Raheem Morris, you tell Sean McVay, okay, we're going to be faster. We're going to be a little bit better in pass coverage. We're not going to be as tough against the run. So, what does that mean for Sean McVay in the offense? Either score a bunch or stay on the field a long time. And, and score first, right? But, because, right. again, you, f- you flip yeah. last week's script. You know, Just like, say the Rams pulled off a bunch of special teams fakes and they get up two scores, okay? Well, then you know how the Lions are going to have to play, right? Right. Like, you know, these draws on third and long and, and screens, like... Y- yeah. You're, you're, you're slinging it. No doubt. I would say this. If those special teams gaffes, I'll call them gaffes from the Rams' perspective. I'll, I'll say this. Detroit's the plays they made on special teams. 
if those don't happen, I bet Taylor Rapp is player of the week again because you're rushing the passer and he's covering and he's getting underneath Hawkins. What did you tell me last week? He's built to play with a lead. He's better when he has a lead, when he's allowed. His true football genius is in the box covering guys Mm. and also being credible in the run. So if you have a 10-point, 14-point lead and you're in control, Taylor Rapp is the most dangerous guy on the field. He is. He's the guy that can play both. He can make plays on the run, knife in there into the A-gap, that center guard gap, and make a play. Or he can back out and cover Hawkinson and cut off Jared Goff's outlets. He is the most dangerous guy when you have a lead mm. on the field. Yeah. Real quick, up front, Sebastian Joseph Day got a peck. He also got a sack. Um, I don't know what his status is going to be for this weekend. We'll find out on Friday. But one, how impressed are you that he was able to play through that and finish that game? And if he is down... What's behind him? What happens next? I want to ask him, did you get hurt before or after the sack dance? Because if you got hurt before the sack dance, if you can still dance, that means you can still play. But when we heard that he was banged up and where he was banged up, it was like, oh, no, that's dangerous. You don't play through peck. You don't play point. through peck. And especially at that position. Oh, especially at that position. You can't do it. But then I turned on the video and looked and at the, the last drive of uh, the Detroit Lions, and there's Sebastian Joseph Day. I think he played 76% of the snaps. Did He ran the twist with Aaron Donald Correct. on that Ramsey pick. So he played through it. If he heard it in the game, he can play through it. So who knows what happens when, once your adrenaline wears off. But if you can play through it when you first did it, then there's a chance you can come back and play again. Uh, one other thing defensively that I wanted to touch on, had an awesome conversation with uh, Dante Dion this week on Rams Revealed that I think you'll enjoy if you find it on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Rams app, wherever you like to find it. Um, but what a great story. You know, he's 27 years old. He's been at this for more than a handful of years. He always seems to be the 54th member of a roster. And I understand why the Rams, as talented and deep as the determined corner, um, have not really been able to fit him into their plan without an injury like they're covering for right now. But what about the other 31 teams? Like you're telling me this guy can't bring you something in the secondary. He's played two starts. Both of them have graded out pretty well. And here's another opportunity against Brandon Cooks and the Texans this weekend before Darius Williams comes back. Can he stick with the Rams this time around? How determined are you to make it stick this time around? <laughs> I want nothing else. <laughs> I want nothing else. Uh, so like you said, going through that process, though, of being waived those times after preseason, yeah, it comes to the counts and all these things. But now we're in the regular season. Like, it's go time. So either you're contributing to help a team win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. or you're, you know, you're not. And then that's my goal is to do whatever I can to help this team contribute to make it to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. Double D's got that incredible superhuman power to walk into a room and make you feel better about yourself That's and your awesome. day, um, regardless of how much time you get with don't him. Don't lose that because you're on the field a lot. Be you. I don't care if you give up a play. Just be you. Oh, it's a great disposition to have at corner, right? Absolutely. I mean, so just give me some context on what you've seen from him so far. If the corner group is at full strength with Ramsey, Williams, Long, Rochelle, and Double D. Is it worth carrying five? I think so. I think for him, it's important for him to be technically sound in your technique and your responsibilities and let the play come to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Don't look to be a playmaker. Just make the plays that come to you and be solid. I don't care. Like you said, if you get beat on a 10-yard out, great. Make sure it's not 12. If he plays well this weekend, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not going to make it through waivers again for someone who's been fair. 
who's been sliced, I think, like seven times in his career. Good corners are hard to find. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. All right, coming back with four down territory. We'll speak to my counterpart with the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, on the latest coming out of Houston. Uh, what is the emotional state of that locker room after dealing Mark Ingram to the Saints? They welcome the Rams in Week 8 to Houston, and you're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access. Before the Rams hit the road for Houston, let's get to four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory, and we're fortunate to have the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, joining us today on Rams All Access. Mark, how are you? JB, I'm doing great. Looking forward to Sunday. All right, well, let's uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. I did something similar for your show this week, previewing uh, Rams and Texans. That was 24 hours ago. That was before the news of Mark Ingram being traded to the Saints. What's been the reaction locally? Well, obviously, uh, you saw Brandon Cook's reaction immediately on Twitter. And what is it with guys today in, in that age bracket when they feel an emotion running to Twitter? But he's a great guy, as you know, JB. And I just think that uh, Ingram being a great guy and everybody feels the loss of him uh, in this organization right now. But at the same time, you're in a situation where uh, you have to think about the future. You have to think about what's down the road. So these tough decisions are made in sports. And I think everybody understands that basically, especially after everybody takes a breath here. Uh, but he was the leading rusher on this team. So you have to find a way to move the ball without him, and you weren't moving the ball very well. Not that he was a, a big part of the problem at all. He was, again, the leading rusher, but you have to find a way to get some yardage on the ground. It's been a big problem for this football team. Mark Vandermeer is the voice of the Texans. Looking forward to our trip to Houston this week for Week 8 as the Texans trying to snap a six-game losing streak. Rams trying to extend a season-long winning streak. Question number two here on 4-Down Terry. Mark, is Houston any closer to deciding their quarterback perspective for this weekend? Well, I think that, you look, if Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he'll play, right? If he's not at all 100%, I think they don't want to risk anything there, and they'll go with Davis Mills again. Now, the silver lining in playing Davis Mills, even though it hasn't been uh, really successful for them right now, is that you're learning more about Davis Mills. You drafted him in the third round. How can he help you in the future? Could he be a franchise guy? We don't know the answers to those questions yet observing this team. The last time he played at home, he threw three touchdown passes and over 300 yards against the Patriots defense. That's pretty good. So if he has to go, I think prospects are better for him at home than they were on the road in the last two outings. And if Taylor can go, I think the offense is so much better with him as far as the versatility of it because he gives you that running threat, among other things. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, but I think with either guy, there are pluses to the situation. Mark, it was a rough trip to Glendale last week, week seven, a loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we feel your pain in that regard. They got us too at SoFi Stadium. But if there was a silver lining, it seemed to be the fact that you're able to corral Kyler Murray four times, four sacks of that quarterback is nothing to sniff at. What kind of uh, alert level should the Rams offensive line and Matthew Stafford have as they prepare for this pass rush? Well, I'm sure they've been watching all the tape. And uh, do we still call it tape, video? We don't call it film. They've been watching the video. And, J.B., what they see is that the Texans get pressure with four guys up front. It hasn't been a sack fest exactly, but they've definitely gotten pressure. Jonathan Grenard has six sacks. That's nothing to sneeze at in this league. And they have done it without having to send extra people. So that says something about the guys up front. I think it's the strongest position group on the team right now, the way things stand. And they're showing you that they can do it without Whitney Merciless, who they let go of last week, that they can get pressure on the quarterback. So I believe that 
that's sort of a calling card for them, for lack of a better way of putting it, and it's something to watch in any game that they play. Last question on four down territory for Mark Vandermeer. He calls the games for the Texans in Houston. Cooper Cup, the NFL's leading receiver, comes to town this weekend. What do you think the Texans' game plan will be for containing him? Well, they're well aware. Uh, we visited with Nick Casario earlier in the week, and one of the first things he talked about with the Rams was Cooper Cup. He said this guy does not get the recognition he deserves. He leads the league in pass catches, receptions. Uh, but the thing is, he is so elusive. He's a great route runner. He's a great friend to the quarterback. You know where he's going to be at all times. And he's a big playmaker. Uh, probably doesn't get the notoriety he deserves. I know it's not like he's completely under the radar in this league. Uh, but when you talk about the best receivers in the NFL, maybe his name does not come up enough. And they are certainly going to keep their eyes on him. All right, that's Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Mark, thank you very much. I'm so glad we'll be able to see you in person in the press box at NRG this weekend. Looking forward to it, JB. All right, appreciate your time. And bringing DeMarco Farr back into the conversation as we continue with Rams All Access. I mean, I guess they've got the Houston Astros to fall back on. I guess so. Uh, we give Cooper Cup a lot of love. He gets recognition here. We, 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 we talk about him quite a bit. I mean, how many people do you feel like if you asked give me five nfl number one receivers okay yeah so outside of the rams fan base give me five nfl number one receivers how many can you name how many would put cooper cup in their handful uh well that's funny because i aren't you a big fantasy guy i know uh, a lot of people are so yes, cooper uh, cup's name has been bandied about quite a bit this uh, year so let me let me re-rack the question yeah because I, I think this would be fascinating how many fantasy football players who have Cooper Cup on their roster, if you ask them that question, would include Cooper Cup? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. So you're taking you're taking like the most hyper aware group outside of Rams fans. Yeah. I bet he would still be left off of a good chunk. Oh, I no doubt, absolutely, and I think that's part of his allure, part of his charm is you you always underestimate him. He can't be this good. He doesn't look the part. He doesn't fit the bill, but. Mm. He keeps getting behind you on seven routes. You know what I mean? So at some point, you're going to have to recognize what this guy is. He is a number one receiver. Seven route, remind me which one of those that's the is one that, that, that he... That's the one that goes, it starts up and breaks towards the sideline? Yeah. Yeah, that one that Matthew Stafford throws before cups out of his break. Kind of a, a corner, just not to the back pylon, but yes. to midfield and to the Rams sideline for a first An down. An absolute backbreaker. Yeah, it's like a 20, 25-yard gain, and you don't even get to hit him. Those have been 25-yard handoffs from <laughs> Stafford to Cup so far this season. Yes. All right, coming back with our final segment, we'll take a look around the division. There's a division game being played tonight, believe it or not, with the Arizona Cardinals trying to stay undefeated against the Green Bay Packers, the state of the Niners, and the Seahawks. Do they have anything left? Plus, our playoff eliminator game, latest round of draft picks. When we finish up, Rams All Access, week eight here on 710 ESPN. All right, let's start with around the division. And before we get to the games, a couple of news items. One would be that Trey Lance is back at 49ers practice. Jimmy Garoppolo in the rain last week, a tough outing and a loss to the Colts. Uh, we'll see what the Niners do at quarterback just a couple of weeks away from our trip to San Jose and a Monday night football affair against the rival Niners. Also, DeMarco, I'm sure this one crossed your radar, J.J. Watt, one of those veteran presences that Arizona added along with the likes of A.J. Green, completely transforming, You know, I think, the complexion of their roster and also the results they're getting. He's going to now undergo what is likely to be, not final answer, but likely to be season-ending shoulder surgery as they play tonight against the Green Bay Packers at home. 
what kind of dent does that put in their aspirations? You know, um, he's been playing well. He's been productive. He's the guy that actually got Sharping, the, the, the guard from Houston, benched. He really did. He yep. was the guy. Uh, he uh, Harp, uh, Sharping got a holding call, and then J.J. Watt absolutely just torched him and, and uh, almost got a sack, so they had to replace him. But he has been – Watt has been playing well. Uh, we talk about how special they are and that Arizona is a team of destiny. Well, he's every bit a part of that. You've seen those highlights when he's talking to those guys. Yeah. Maybe we're just better. Uh, we're always trying to figure out why the Arizona Cardinals are undefeated. Maybe we're, we're just better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's every bit a part of that culture, so that's going to be a huge loss. But production-wise, maybe you can replace him, but I don't think J.J. Watt is going away. That vocal leadership is yeah. going away. The sentiment there is that whether or not he plays another down for the Cardinals this season, his impact, it's already been mission accomplished, right? Yes. Like he's put that organization in a headspace now where they're not trying to get back to the postseason yeah they're chasing a ring there was something that I, I hate to bring this up but i have to something we said in 98 before we won the super bowl in 99 we used to say this amongst ourselves why not us why not now we would always say that to each other why yeah. not us Carl's why not are, now Carl's are they're playing like that exactly yeah why not them why not now so and i think watt and his presence has, has meant a lot to that football team. Interesting. All right, the Rams are going to try and win their fourth straight game and improve to 4-0 and away from SoFi Stadium if they can get it done in Week 8 against the Texans. Elsewhere in the division, 2-4 and four San Francisco. I can't believe I'm saying that. Four lost San Francisco now at Chicago. And that's no gimme. That's uh, no gimme up there. <laughs> I mean, there was yeah. a point about a month ago where I was starting to believe in the Chicago Bears, and when they flipped the quarterback situation, I thought, okay, maybe they're going to get right. They have not. No, but I mean, look, you still have to travel. It's still tough to play there. The weather's starting to turn a little bit. That's no gimme in Chicago. So, you know, San Francisco's tough. Debo Samuels, I think, is having a fantastic year. Whenever they figure out their helter-skelter quarterback situation and settle that whole position down, I think – the better it'll be for them. But I'm glad they're still trying to find it. I really am. I'll say this. Speaking of that Monday night game, I don't care if the Niners are 2-6 and six or 4-4 four and four or anywhere in between. It doesn't change anything from the Rams' standpoint to me. The Rams yeah. need to get over the hump against San Francisco. I, there's always teams like that. Uh, you, you'll, you'll be 11-0, whatever it is. I mean, undefeated. And you'll face a team that's struggling, but they know they can beat you mm-hmm. just you we're built to beat you and i think san francisco has that mentality towards the rams because it, here's my thought is and we'll get to the seahawks in just a second but mcveigh against the nfc west 18 up nine down plus a wild card win in seattle right against arizona he just lost his first he's eight and one against seattle he's seven and three and i'll tell you what if cooper cup makes that grab in the end zone back in 2017 and if Greg and if and if Greg Zerline hits Uh, the 44 yarder to close out week five (laughs) right so like you could legitimately be and one against two of your division rivals what's San Francisco three and five oh my gosh wow so that's got to change this season that's got to change and we talked to McVay you know how competitive he is oh I bet that must be driving him crazy I'm sure that chewed up a good portion of his (laughs) offseason I'm sure it did and it and also clearly drove the Matthew Stafford move and all those other sorts of things so not not to get ahead of ourselves because the Texans and the Titans stand in between but um speaking of the Seahawks uh you you called that game with me in the booth um at CenturyLink now Lumen Field uh back on Thursday Night Football and there was the thought that even if they hadn't hurt Russell Wilson's hand 
they win that one and the Seahawks might be in a downward spiral that they can't get out of and there might be some regime change coming. Your head coach, your quarterback, who knows what. They've fallen into that pit. I've heard two things coming out of two teams this week. One was Houston. When I heard that Houston had a players-only meeting, that's bad. When you kick the coaches out and the players just want to talk to each other, that's bad. Uh, I also heard up in Seattle Pete Carroll talking about how long he's been in Seattle and he wouldn't be here that long without, without Russell. Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. That that means the buzzards are starting to circle up there. But, hey, look, um, they've had their turn in the sun. Good. It's about time for them to head to the back of the line for a while. I mean, there's a school of thought where, no, don't tear it all down. From the Rams' perspective, don't tear it all down. Try and band-aid it together right. for another another year, right? Because yeah. there's nothing about Seattle that the Rams can't beat. True. I, I don't think Seattle's ever been they've they don't really make bad business decisions, do they? Like try to hang on too long and I'll, I'll tell you one. Yeah. Jamal Adams is a bad business decision. Okay, that's turning out to be. But who knew? I, I guess last well, he's season a, he's a good player. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a guy that but can But that's just gonna blitz. be one that I think they regret ultimately well yeah you're afraid of him blitzing your quarterback but you'll send tight ends out against him anytime you want well you saw this coming DeMarco I give you credit because you added Seattle to your playoff eliminator roster uh, and let's finish there for those who are new to the program and or the game DeMarco and I have been drafting teams all season long that we think are not going to make the playoffs if they miss the playoffs and you've got them in your portfolio you get a point however if you draft a team that makes the postseason field your toast. Don't. DeMarco and I each have six teams. DeFar has the Jets, the Giants, Seattle, Philadelphia. Those are all five lost teams. Where it gets a little dicey is Atlanta. Still hanging at three in there. and three. <laughs> and Minnesota, three and three, and currently in the playoff picture from the NFC North. I've got some trouble of my own. Lions, Jacksonville, Houston, Miami, Washington football team all looking fine. But the Colts at three and four coming off a road win at San Francisco and playing in a division that features Houston and Jacksonville. I'm not sleeping too comfortably on the Colts Guess being in my back. Back again. Yep. Carson's back. He <laughs> and is. he looks pretty good. Yeah, he he's is. looking good, man. Wow. All right, so I've got uh, control of the draft board here, six apiece, and I'm considering Chicago hosting those Niners. Don't like it this week. Carolina at three and four going to face those Falcons. Mm. New England three and four coming west to take on the Chargers. They shut out the Chargers last year, didn't they? Yeah, that's that's a weird one. Yeah. San Francisco. Rookie quarterbacks are tough. San Francisco two and four. Do I bet against the Niners before the Rams even play them? I wouldn't I wouldn't like that. Okay. And then what about Denver? Denver 3-4 and four hosting the Washington football team in a strong AFC West. I thought Bridge would be better. I did. I thought Teddy Bridgewater would be better. He's, he's, he's kind of gone Jason Campbell on me. Mm. Yeah. You know where I'm going to go? Where? Carolina. Okay. And here's why. Sam Darnold, I, I don't think, is it. The fact that they're maybe reaching for Deshaun Watson or testing the waters says they don't believe it either. And I now think the Saints getting healthy are the clear second-best team in that division. I don't see three teams getting out of the NFC South. So Carolina, I'm going to bank on the fact that they're definitely not getting over on the Bucks, and the Saints are going to be between them and Tampa Bay. So I'll take Carolina. Fair. Even if they win this week going to Atlanta I to like get to it. 500, I've got Mark Panthers. Ingram going back there is huge. 
that takes a lot of pressure to off Kamara. Yeah, that takes a lot of pressure off Kamara, which takes pressure off Jameis Winston, mm. which makes them better. So I, I'm right there with you. You're gonna make a pick this week. You're gonna sit tight. I'm gonna sit. I'm okay. gonna sit. Uh, Minnesota. I have to point this out. They lead the league in holding calls. That's bad. So in offensive holding calls. Offensive holding calls. That's bad. That Guess could be something we revisit, say Christmas time. No doubt. Guess who's 28th in the league in holding calls? The Houston Texans. See, that's bad. That's real bad. That's not good. That's bad offensive line play. That's going to come back to get you at some point. Okay, is this something you check every week? Just like the the defensive lineman in you checks stats Tuesday morning is like who's getting who's guilty of the most holding? What you don't? I thought everybody <laughs> does. Are you serious? <laughs> I know where I start my Tuesday morning. I didn't realize that you checked holding stats. Oh yeah, it comes to me. Yes, yes, I get a little <laughs> you get, a, a ding. Yeah, <laughs> you're subscribed to the newsletter. Absolutely, I, I need it. to know who's cheating out there. I love it. <laughs> All right, we'll see you uh, when we get to Houston. Week 8, Texans and Rams. Have a safe Halloween weekend, everyone. We'll hope you join us on the air when we bring you Week 8 action from NRG Stadium. For DeMarco Farr, for Adam Bronstein, our producer, I'm JB Long. This has been Rams All Access, 710 ESPN.